Hi, this is Michelle for Movement Lesson. You're listening to Baby Movements, Birth to 24 Months. It's my new podcast where I discuss the development of your child, babies, what they go through, how they move, how they move into transitional skills, discussing everything from milestones to reflexes, anything to do with movements. We're going to go into a really big milestone that's not talked about, and it is skeletal articulation, meaning your baby has to learn to move its bones. When the baby comes out of a womb, the bone movement is one of the first things that happens. Why? Because it doesn't happen in fetal development. When the baby is in your womb, the role of the body or the body's response to movement is to expand in all directions in a frictionless environment. Well, what you're looking for now here is now to start moving in its environment, not just expansion. Expansion comes a little bit differently. You'll see that again on astronauts in outer space. They go into expansion mode. They almost go into a womb-like behavior and they start to grow again. It's looked at as microgravity. So gravity plays a big, important part. Gravity is not just a pulling force, as people say. It's actually a binding force, and it's not a compressive force. We interact with gravity, again, when we start to breathe, where our bones breathe, in a sense. Every cell in our body is capable of collecting oxygen and releasing oxygen, but the bones play a very important part in all of this. Why? Because they collect oxygen to help us move. Articulation means movement or individual movements. One of the most key places for articulation is our skull. Babies' skulls aren't fused. Fusing starts or the closure of the skull starts around nine months, ends around 18 months, but really uh, the skull isn't totally fused until about 20 years of age. And even that, I can mess with your head like you wouldn't believe, and I'll get your bones to start moving again. It's pretty fascinating to feel, but it's not as obvious in adults. So when a child is born. The first movement out of a vaginal delivery is the parietal bones are exposed to gravity. And again, sort of what I've mentioned before, like a cold balloon going into hot air, you get that whoosh, right? Going out. And it creates an internal buoyancy. It creates momentum. And now the first thing all the bones have to start doing is in a sense, moving in and out of gravity. They've never felt that before. Just as all the organs have to do it, the whole body has to do it. But the skeletal system floating within the nervous system does this at a very individual basis. We think of our feet, the spine, the head as a collection of bones almost to make one unit. That's not how our first milestones happen. Each bone moves independently and the fascia Somewhat the muscles. I hate to say muscles because there shouldn't be any kind of muscle interaction to what you and I would know it when we say get up and say our back stiff or whatever. Babies are in weight transfer mode. Again, why? They have a very high water weight. They don't have calcification. They have way more bones than we do. They move differently. We have to look at the origin of movements to understand where movements come from, sort of like the Big Bang Theory, but where we're going. The hardest thing to convey to a parent, especially a parent where a child's making deviations to their development, maybe becoming special needs or just needing a little bit of help, we have to have the talk in a sense where we look at our future. Well, currently, except for really what I do at Movement Lesson, there's very few people that have indicators of what a child will be doing. And I'm not saying that I'm going after the crystal ball because when a child comes to me or if a parent says, when is my child going to walk? I'm working on Mount Everest. Why would I limit myself to 
to a, a static pose or just standing or just, and I get that all the time. Well, we want this. Well, I've already accomplished it. So do you mean you're going home now? And they're like, no, 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 we want more. And so a lot of people end up staying for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, because it's kind of addicting watching your child sort of change before your eyes. But I want all of you to understand this, to learn this so your child has the optimal future, which is based off of movement, but also that more of these kids get help in a way that I'm trying to present and to offer. This is teachable. It's trainable. You know, I want more people that do what I do. When the bones are collecting oxygen in a sense where you say, I rise into the occasion, right? I rise into standing. Well, that's in a sense what you're doing. You're not pushing your feet into the floor really, really hard and standing up that way because really you can't get up just with the feet's presence to the floor, right? What you sort of do is you push down a little bit. You don't realize this. And that little push down opens up those bones to collect oxygen and it helps you come up into your your transitioning skills, which might be standing, let's say, or come to sitting. The bones have to learn this right at birth. And as they collect that information, what I refer to is the absolute horizon, there's a medium point within the human body where all the bones are moving independently, but yet again, with the connective tissues, including fascia, organs, and so forth, any functional movement goes through major and minor organs. It has to. We don't have static movements. We don't have rope movements as babies. We don't have individual or what they call isolated. If we do, the baby's having some problems and it needs to be redirected with the proper movements that I'm trying to explain here. Otherwise, that deviation will continue. I'm trying to nip it off at the bud before what we might say is the bad habits are created. It's not about that. I want you to see the future of your child with optimal movements, not necessarily cognitive development because the movements have to come first. The movements or the way we move is more important at this stage of life because that's what's formatting the brain into how we now move, can move, and how we start comparisons. So as these bones start moving together, the absolute horizon, that inner, I'm not talking about the horizon off in the distance where you're watching the sunset. I'm talking about within the body. If I pick up a healthy baby, they kind of float in my hands right? There's no down and there's no up. You should not be picking up a baby and in a sense, be afraid that if they're going to just slip through your hands, they're too heavy is how I put it. It's not a good sign on a baby, right? You shouldn't be picking them up and they're going into startle. This isn't a reflex. This is again, where the articulation of the skeletal system isn't optimal at the moment, or it's going into a wrong direction. Let's take if a child's premature. One of the biggest problems with this is bone density. I believe the reasons why the hips get subluxed or out later on in life is because the babies are born in a sense premature. They were supposed to go to 40 weeks. Maybe they're at 27 weeks, let's say. So the bones didn't have that chance to expand in all direction or get the webbing that they need. So they're denser. That compression is makes it very hard in a sense to form or rise to the occasion and come in quick. I think if you look back at old NICU photos, neonatal intensive care units, uh, photos maybe of your child, the way that they were lying down in maybe a static pose 
uh, more dominantly, that could be the hip and the eye that's having the issues with more so because instead of being able to expand, it was compressing into the floor, making the cells a little bit denser, maybe those hips a little bit harder to form. That's why we're supposed to move around and be neutral during this stage. There's no right, there's no left, there's no up and down for a baby. Those descriptions come from us as parents and need to be reviewed. Again, this is where you can touch and move a child in any direction. And it's still, as long as it's a functional movement, the stimuli that they're giving them, the cognitive um, information will be gathered and start responding into the nervous system. The absolute horizon is that almost like a plane coming in for a landing when they're on autopilot. As the wind shifts, maybe in the air, the plane automatically finds its inner horizon. It's not looking off to an outer horizon. We really have to get away with movements in general being an outside stimulus or an outside event. Movements happen from within, especially with this stage of life, and the bones are collecting and working on their buoyancy momentum through oxygen articulation at this time. It happens very quickly from birth, and the absolute horizon sets up in a day or two. This is one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of swaddling. Listen, anything in moderation is okay, right? As long as it doesn't interfere with the way you, who you are, right? Anything that we do within moderation. But when it starts interfering with other things that are important too, that's where we have to find, in a sense, balance. That and a lot is like movement, right? So when you're looking for later on for your child to have skills that they need, it comes now. It comes within this first weeks of life. So if you're swaddling a child, especially I see lots of those cute baby pictures and they are wrapped tight. That can't be the way that your child is because why? All that I'm trying to tell you within this milestone It's just being prevented. So it's not a cognitive, and this is where we have to get really key. There's a difference between, let's say, a child that's had traumatic brain injury being cognitively unable to respond to, let's say, immature movements because, again, they were premature. I already discussed the skin was too large for the body, which, again, is going to affect this process of articulation in the skeletal system. Those kind of things are one thing, but when you're actually environmentally due to too much maybe car seat time, too much swaddling, too much inactivity for that child, not getting the tummy time, not getting the things that it needs, you'll start to see little other words that pop up like, oh, my child has sensory integration. Uh, oh, my child has startle reflexes. Uh, but you'll start to hear all those things. They might be an outside observation for the immature eye. However, what needs to be evaluated, what's going on in the inside is one of your key milestones. It's the absolute horizon and your bones are moving, right? We have to let the bones move in babies. There's a lot of bones for a reason before they start fusing. Each one of these bones has to have certain movements, which I go over in lots of my trainings, especially getting into my cranial series, And if these movements are prevented or are unable to happen, it is the same thing as if the person, the child, doesn't know how to make them happen. This is not our inner physician preventing it. This is, again, a movement vocabulary that's not setting up. 
A child's whose bones, especially the skull bones, don't go into proper movements are going to have some serious milestone complications or deviations in their development. And it doesn't need to happen, especially when we can catch it so early in their life. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll be talking about poor made baby movements as we go on. Keep listening. I've created a brand new Facebook group for this on baby movements. You can get right on over to that. And we're working on some some stuff and handouts for you to continue your learning how to help your baby today, like my Super Baby Boot Camp. Have a great day. This is Michelle Turner at Movement Lesson, movementlesson.academy, or anywhere on the internet under Movement Lesson. This is Baby Movements, birth to 24 months. Thank you.